Hi everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the Too Much Chuma podcast. I guess this podcast really has two names at this point. The Too Much Chuma show and Podspecs. So look, as I've mentioned, the main idea of this show is to talk about prospects for fantasy baseball purposes. The idea is that throughout the season, I can highlight prospects who are tearing it up in the minors and might be close to being called up. As a listener, you could hopefully be a week or two early on these guys and not have to blow all your fob or risk losing out on the waiver claim. Of course, when I thought of this idea, I never imagined there wouldn't be a season. I still have some prospect topics to discuss, though. Actually, I have many ideas. So many ideas. But during this downtime, I also want to mix in some other types of episodes. So I'm trying something new today. This is going to be a retrospective episode looking back on the trade that almost sent Alex Rodriguez to the Boston Red Sox, one of the biggest what-ifs in MLB history. I've always loved 30 for 30s and the idea of sports retrospectives, and I think that this quarantine is a great opportunity to bring back some of these stories in the form of a podcast. So that's what I have for you today. As a reminder, my name is Brendan Tuma, and you can find me on Twitter, at Too Much Tuma. Hope you enjoy this one. Let me take you back to October 2003. The Boston Red Sox are two years into a new ownership group, and they're looking to make a splash, and bring the franchise their first championship in over 85 years. While the 03 Sox were a flawed team, they still found themselves in the American League Championship Series, matched up against their greatest adversary throughout the years, the New York Yankees. The Red Sox didn't just lose to their arch-rival this year. They lost in tragic, agonizing, torturous fashion. Boston couldn't protect a 5-2 lead in the 7th inning of Game 7, eventually losing on a walk-off homer in the bottom of the 11th. The Yankees would go on to play in their 39th World Series. The Red Sox championship drought would last another season. Now let's backtrack a bit further. Following the 2000 season... A 25-year-old shortstop by the name of Alex Rodriguez was entering free agency. Baseball salaries were skyrocketing around this time, as were sports salaries in general. But A-Rod wasn't your typical free agent. He was an elite up-the-middle defender who hit for power and average, and who reached free agency before he had even entered his prime. All of these factors combined meant that A-Rod was going to become the richest man in baseball history. And then the Texas Rangers got a little crazy, signing Rodriguez to a 10-year, $252 million contract. Put that contract in perspective, the largest contract an athlete had signed up until that point was Kevin Garnett's $126 million deal with the Timberwolves. Do not think it was a coincidence that A-Rod signed for exactly twice that amount. Manny Ramirez, another Hall of Fame talent who reached free agency in his prime that same winter, signed with Boston for eight years and $160 million, far less than A-Rod. The Rangers had finished in last place in their division in 2000. They hoped A-Rod would lead them to the promised land. It didn't work. Despite Alex putting up monstrous, godly numbers from 01 through 03, Texas finished in last place every year. The Rangers were paying him too much money and couldn't allocate resources elsewhere to build a competitive roster around him particularly with their pitching staff. So they were looking to trade this once-in-a-generation talent who was quote-unquote overpaid. Now we're back to the 03-04 offseason. Rangers general manager John Hart actually called the Yankees and GM Brian Cashman first, but they weren't interested at the time. 
They were never going to move Derek Jeter off shortstop, and they had a perfectly capable third baseman and playoff hero Aaron Boone. They also had pitching questions to address. But the Red Sox, they were interested. As we recapped earlier, they just suffered a heartbreaking exit from the playoffs, but still had a roster good enough to compete for the World Series. Additionally, the front office pulled off a Thanksgiving blockbuster for Diamondbacks ace Kurt Schilling. Now they wanted A-Rod. Boston also had a star homegrown shortstop of their own, too. Nomar Garcia-Para. But his production and popularity had declined in recent seasons, and the front office was struggling to sign him to an extension. Nomar was set to become a free agent after 2004. Now, the Red Sox are obviously a wealthy franchise, but they don't have endless money. At the time, they weren't in the same orbit as the Yankees in this regard. So in order for them to take on A-Rod's contract, they would have had to move their own high-priced slugger Manny Ramirez. The Rangers were willing to make that swap, so long as Boston also threw in a pitching prospect by the name of John Lester. So a deal with Texas was in place. Next, at the winter meetings, the Red Sox came to an agreement with the White Sox to swap Nomar for outfielder Maglio Ordonez and pitching prospect Brandon McCarthy. So in essence, the Red Sox were trading Manny, Nomar, and Lester in return for A-Rod, Odonez, and McCarthy. While this is all going on, A-Rod is ecstatic. Gordon Eads, a longtime Boston Red Sox beat reporter, went to visit Alex during these negotiations and came away with the impression he genuinely wanted to play for the Red Sox. Legend has it that during Game 7 in 03, the one where Boone hit the homer, A-Rod was at home watching, wishing he was a part of baseball's biggest rivalry. Unfortunately, there was a problem with the deals that were in place. The Red Sox didn't want to make the same mistake as the Rangers and be unable to build a team around Rodriguez, so they had to ask him to restructure his contract. Sox GM Theo Epstein and the team met with A-Rod, who was willing to give up guaranteed money to make the trade work, which is something he never gets credit for. However, the MLB Players Union had to approve any contract adjustments. They didn't want to set a precedent of players taking less money as it would affect future free agent signings. Avard and Boston agreed to a proposal where he would take less money, get the rights to his likeness, and have some more flexibility when it came to the opt-out in his contract. Boston thought they had it figured out. Then the proposal was declined. And just like that, the deal was dead. Avard would later say he felt like he had one foot in a Red Sox uniform, and he basically did. But for now, he remained in Texas. Manny, Nomar, and Lester were still with the Red Sox. Fast forward to mid-January, and Boone injures his knee while playing basketball. He's out for the season. New York now needs a third baseman. January 25th is the Baseball Writers Dinner. Brian Cashman is in attendance, and he's sitting next to, you guessed it, Alex Rodriguez. The two get to talking about how the deal with Boston fell apart. A-Rod still wants to be traded. He's willing to play third. The Yankees can afford the contract as long as Texas eats some money. At that point, it was all but a done deal. In return, the Rangers were receiving Alfonso Soriano, plus their choice of a prospect to be thrown in. This turned out to be Joaquin Arias, but another name on the list that the Yankees gave to the Rangers was Robinson Cano. Aaron and Cano would eventually lead the Yankees to the 2009 World Series title. 
So that's how it happened. Since the Yankees had more flexibility in taking on A-Rod's contract, and since he was willing to play third base, it came together pretty quickly. This was yet another gut punch to Red Sox fans. They tried, but the Yankees succeeded. So you know what happens next. A-Rod moves to third, has arguably the worst season in half a decade, fights with Jason Veritek in Boston, slaps the ball out of Bronson Arroyo's glove. The Yankees blow a 3-0 lead in the ALCS. As for the Red Sox, Nomar gets traded in July for Orlando Cabrera and Doug Minkiewicz. Manny has one of his best seasons and wins World Series MVP. Lester debuts in 2006 and becomes an integral member of two more Boston Championship teams in 07 and 2013. Oh, and by the way, the Rangers went 89 and 73 in 2004, having their best season since signing A-Rod. It's truly crazy to think how this all played out. And it's even crazier to think what could have been had A-Rod wound up in Boston, the franchise may never have reversed the curse. There might not have been an ALCS rematch in 2004. On the flip side, had A-Rod won it all with the Red Sox alongside David Ortiz and company, he would be beloved in Boston forever. Perhaps he wouldn't have become such a villain like he did in New York. He also would have stayed at shortstop for the duration of his career, which only would have helped his war totals as his insane offensive numbers would have come from a more premium position. The last thing I want to say about A-Rod in all of this is he was really willing to sacrifice a lot. Yes, he is the one who signed for $252 million, but he would later admit that he would do it differently if he could, and that he was heavily influenced at the time by agent Scott Boris. Then in the 03-04 offseason, he was willing to take less money to play for the Red Sox to try and win. And then he changed positions to be with the Yankees despite being the far superior defensive shortstop over Jeter. He made a lot of PR mistakes throughout his career, but I really feel like things could have been different had he wound up in Boston. But from a Red Sox perspective, as they learned from the trade that never happened, is that sometimes the best deals are the ones you never make. And that'll do it for this episode of the Too Much Chuma podcast. I hope you enjoyed this sort of retrospective episode. If you did, please reach out on Twitter at Too Much Tuma and let me know what other topics you might be interested in hearing about. Have a great day, everyone. Stay safe. <laughs>